Good evening, Wisdom Eccentrics by Nakchang Rinpoche, Chapter 24, Part 2. Thank you, Rinpoche, but isn't it good to see the best in people? Oh, yeah, but only if you do not miss the worst. If you miss the worst and find yourself and others to be cheated or tricked, then it is not so good. Now, what do you say? That I'm not the kind of idiot who would want to throw Dodruction out of his own gomper in the first place. Then, I'm not the kind of idiot who would want to ask Dodruction not to manifest miracles on his death. No, Rinpoche nodded. You were not that kind of Tomyor. You weren't really a Tomyor at all. Not very consistently, anyway. So now I will tell you how the fourth Dodruction gained realisation. He is two years older than me. He was enthroned very early. I don't know how young, but very young. And of course they tried to make him a monk. He took Gainian vows, but no more. And now he has a Sangyum. At the age of 12, Dodrukchen's Lama, Yutog Chatral, came to see him and on this occasion offered him a skull bowl of chung. Dodrukchen was unsure as to whether to drink it because various ecclesiastic idiots were priming him for full monastic ordination. Yutog Chatral, observing some reticence in his disciple, said, you are Dodrukchen. This is no way to embody Dzogchen. At once, Dodrukchen realised his error and also that there was no choice other than to drink the chang he had been offered. His Tsawai Lama had given him a Vajra command and he was obliged to accept it. He drained the skull bowl of chang in one draught. He then sat and stared into space. In that moment he understood the nature of mind. He was entirely free of intoxication and Yutog Chatral declared him to be a Siddha. Dodrukchen then composed this song of realisation. Today the non-dual master has turned this would-be monk round about front to back and back to front, upside down and inside out, in order to show him the reality of Dzogchen as the nature of mind. Rinpoche was silent for a few moments after reciting the song of realization. So, as you see, even today there are Tomyors and Tom yours who can transcend being Tom yours. I smiled and Rinpoche joggled his head a little as if to say, oh yeah, it's good that it can be overcome. And you have overcome too. You are no longer a Tom your. This makes me very happy. Then he reached inside his bag and pulled out a little book wrapped in cloth. 
The pages seemed handwritten in a rather fine Tibetan cursive script with which I was not familiar. Oh, yeah, he exclaimed, having found what he was seeking. So, more Tomyors coming. He laughed. These Tomyors lived about 800 years ago. What do you know about Katog? Katog is one of the six main Nyingma lineages and Katog Dorje Dengomba is in Derge, in the southeast of Kham. It was founded by Dampa Deshek. Ha! Rinpoche half exclaimed, half laughed. And you say you will never be a scholar. He continued to chuckle. Never mind. Anyhow, Guru Rinpoche prophesied that on the slopes of a rock mountain in Kham, shaped like a lion, there'd be a great gompa called by the first syllable, Ka. Dampa Deshek's Lama, Jamgon Rinpoche, told him, if you go to Yulri Mountain, it would be a good place to settle. So Dampa Deshek searched for the mountain and eventually found it. The mountain resembled a lion and it also displayed a naturally formed letter Ka in the rock. So Dampa Deshek built the gompa on top of the Ka and named it Katog. This means on top of the Ka. And in this way, Guru Rinpoche's prediction was fulfilled. Dampa Deshek was also prophesied by Guru Rinpoche. Did you know this too? Not all of it, Rinpoche. All I knew was that Katog meant on top of Ka and that the mountain with the self-arisen Ka was shaped like a lion. Oh, yeah, so you knew everything anyway, Rinpoche laughed. Never mind, but what you do not know about is the Tom yours there. There was a time after the establishment of Katog when Dampa Deshek was giving an important empowerment and many people came from all the districts of Derge. In Derge, you know, they make beautiful work with iron and gold. Kyabje Dujum Rimshe has a marvellous gao like this from Derge. Did you see it when you were with him? Yes, Rimshe, I remember that. It was black and gold filigree and the black was matted so that it didn't shine. I didn't know it was iron. I'm amazed that such fine work can be executed with iron. Oh yeah, beautiful, but not necessary for us. So, Dampa Deshek is giving the empowerment and the gompa is full. The courtyard is full and everywhere around is full. Three country Nakpas have come, but they cannot get into the empowerment at all because there are so many people. They are country people, these Nakpas, so they simply climb a tree and sit in the branches where they can see Dampa Deshek and the whole empowerment. Some monks see the three Nakpas roosting in the tree. One says, 
Hey, just look at that posy of pitiful pillocks up in that tree. Another says, Yeah, they look like a gaggle of senile vultures. Another says, What do they think they're at? They'll not receive the impairment like that, the idiots. They can't get anything from that distance apart from septic splinters in the sphincter. And so it went on until every idiot amongst the monastic community had dispensed some derogatory remark. The three Nakpas, however, even though they were out of range for some things, were observing each phase of the empowerment with great care. They followed each mudra and made the Kilkor mudra at the appropriate time. They recited the hundred-syllable mantra of Dorje Tsempa at the correct juncture and were cognizant of each transition. At the end of the empowerment, Dampa Deshag sang a spontaneous song of realisation to the assembly. A Maho, activities and appearances are without limit in their variety. But within this Kilkor, it is most marvellous that three old Nakpas in a tree have received the empowerment that most of you here present missed. I like that story, Rinpoche. Rinpoche raised his eyebrows in question, and so I continued. I think that if there were many present-day examples like this, there'd be fewer people who would cheat themselves with the idea that there was a profitable future in idiocy. Ha! Rinpoche almost shouted in a form of mirth that was made of iron. Yeah, you have said this well. I like this. Anyhow, I have another story. It concerns Vajra command, like the story of the young Dodrupchen. But this time the command comes through action. And this time there were no idiots involved. This is an account of Jamyang Kientse Wangpo and Lama Game. They were together at one time camped near a lake in Kham. Game was unwell and living rough was not the best thing for his health at that time. One day, whilst picnicking with disciples, Kientse Wangpo began to fling pebbles at Game. At first, Game simply shielded himself, but as the onslaught became more intense, he got up and started to run away. Kense Wangpo immediately jumped up and followed him, hurling whatever pebbles he could grab from the lake shore. It became evident to all who observed that Kense Wangpo was driving Game toward the lake, but they simply sat and observed. Game reached the lake and waddled into it up to his neck whilst Kientse Wangpo continued to fling pebbles at him. Game was finally summoned from the icy water and returned to the picnic party where he was able to dry himself by a fire 
which Kientse Wangpo had ordered to be lit. Kientse Wangpo was not known to be a wisdom eccentric. His actions were usually entirely comprehensible. But on this occasion, something entirely out of the ordinary was taking place. Transmission was the only possibility. Some short time later, Lama Game's illness disappeared and he lived to the age of 112. He lived in good health for the rest of his life and whenever the subject was raised, he always ascribed his recovery and consequent good health to the informal symbolic transmission he had received from Jamyang Kyentse Wangpo. Rinpoche, I began as soon as his account was concluded. I was almost at bursting point with eagerness. This reminds me of another story of informal symbolic transmission with Paltrul and Dokyense. What story is this? Rinpoche asked in a pleasantly curious manner. It's when Dokyense dragged Paltrul around by his hair. Oh yeah, I like this story too much. You tell me this story. That was somehow slightly shocking. But Rinpoche was in jovial mood, so I sallied forth. There was a time when Tsar Paltrow was staying at a small Nyingma Gompa. He did this sometimes on his travels because he loved to be with simple people in small, unpretentious places. Paltrow was alone, sitting in his room one morning, when Dokyense rode into the courtyard. He sprang from his horse and stood in the courtyard, assuming a threatening stance. Paltrul, he shouted, if you are up there and if you have no fear, come down here and I will give you transmission. Naturally, Paltrul was delighted that his Tsawai Lama had come to see him and even more delighted that he was being offered transmission. He rushed down straight away. He was in mid-prostration when Dokyense seized him by the hair and proceeded to drag him around the courtyard. Now, as Paltrow was thus being dragged, he happened to catch the smell of alcohol. As he was naturally almost abstemious, this thought crossed his mind. Ah, this is the danger of alcohol. And this is why it was prescribed by Shakyamuni Buddha, because even such a great master as Dokyense Yeshe Doje can succumb to its detrimental effects, etc., etc., etc. Now, no sooner had this degraded thought crossed his mind than Dokyense let go of Paltrow's hair, as if he'd discovered himself to have his hand in a puddle of pig's vomit. You disgusting old dog, Dokiense yelled. How does a thought like this enter your mind? Then he spat in Paltrow's face and showed him the sign of a crooked little finger. 
Rinpoche laughed heartily at this point in my rendition and said, show me this gesture. Now, this was not easy for me. I knew that I'd have to show Rinpoche my little finger. I'd have to curl it in the correct way too. The finger thus curled would insinuate that he who viewed it had a penchant for being sodomised. I was about as reticent as I'd ever been about doing anything and was on the verge of becoming an idiot again. I had to force my hand upward and curl that little finger, almost as if it were the dive I'd taken from the highest diving board at Aldershot Swimming Pool. The obvious discomfort which accompanied my gesture made Rinpoche laugh even more. Oh, yeah, you must now show this sign in that place up the hill. He then urged me to continue my story. So, Paltrell, hearing these words, you disgusting old dog, how does a thought like this enter your mind? realised he'd made a huge and ugly error. As soon as this realisation arose, he froze and remained in the exact position that Dokiense had let him fall. It was at that moment that he recognised the nature of mind. He'd received informal symbolic transmission from Dokiense. After that event, Whenever he gave the pointing out instructions to his own disciples, he'd always say, I first realised the nature of mind from my Tsawai Lama Dokyense Yeshe Doje, and the secret name he gave me at that time was Disgusting Old Dog. Yeah, Rinpoche pronounced in a commanding manner. Now you question me. Damn and blast, just when I thought I was riding high and all was well. This had to happen. What in hell was I going to ask? What was there that he didn't know or understand? Rinpoche had the entire franchise on principle and function. Have you heard this story before, Rinpoche? Yes, he laughed. Next question. So, if you'd heard it before, why did you want me to tell you the story? Good, he beamed. Now you become intelligent. Kunzang Dorje is not just a storyteller, as you know. I can tell stories, but the first importance is to give transmission. It is also interesting to me to see if you can tell a story and if you can give it with the real meaning. Something more? No, Rinpoche, no questions, but this is Zogten Menak Day, isn't it? I am receiving transmission all the time, aren't I? Or Rather, you are trying to give me transmission all the time. Oh, yeah. There are three kinds of transmission in terms of Dzogchen. 
direct transmission, symbolic transmission and oral transmission. Direct transmission is mind to mind, no word is spoken. This is why Lama and disciple will sometimes sit in silence. This must have accounted a great deal for the silences to which, at first, I felt myself subject. If I could simply have sat silently, without some circus clown uproar in my head, I might have understood what Rinpoche was trying to impart far more quickly than I did. Symbolic transmission functions through cryptic expressions in conjunction with the display of a symbolic object, which describe the nature of mind. This occurred toward the end of my sojourn with Rinpoche. Symbolic transmission occurs in two ways. The first is as described and is called formal symbolic transmission. The second is informal symbolic transmission and this is what is being described in the encounter between Paltrel and Dokiense. This kind of transmission can take any form at all. The two examples given in this chapter are somewhat violent but that is not an essential characteristic. The Lama might simply tell a joke or dance, or give a display of gurning. The Lama might organise an unaccountable event, or simply act out of character. The possibilities are limitless, and are not open to second guessing. Oral transmission is any instruction or explanation which is given in the context of Dzogchen. This was, in fact, as far as I was concerned, every word that Rinpoche uttered. Oh yeah.